0: Shall we close in prayer? Uh, Where do I go from there? Come on, give me a break. Amazing. Ruth's the best. Love you, Ruth. And Kyle, my tennis buddy over there. uh, Kyle, I'm getting, um, well, I understand that I'm getting a tennis racket for Father's Day. And I understand that because I shopped for it and picked it. And I understand they're all going to Venmo me for it. So this is good. Uh, Parents of, of young little kids, it gets gooder. I'm just here to say I've got my sweet Bonnie over here, my two sons Johnny and and Daniel, and my daughter-in-law Lindsay. Would you just welcome them with me? I love them so grateful, so grateful for them and their support. Um, blah, blah, blah. Happy Father's Day and Happy Juneteenth. This is the first I think year with a federal holiday. Let's give it. Let's give it up. I mean, this is. There's a lot to learn. All of our holidays have meaning behind them. And many times for us, they're just another long weekend, which we always welcome. Um, but um, in this case, the Emancipation Proclamation, finally, the, the, the word finally arrived to the farthest reaches of the Union uh, in the area of Galveston, Texas, near Houston. And uh, when I, what, from what I read, uh, the Union army marched in with 6,000 soldiers, now the war was over, but 6,000 soldiers, many of whom were African American, and made the announcement that slavery is over. And so, praise God, and uh, there's there's some things to be happy about, and a lot of work to do, but happy Juneteenth. Uh, let's see, check, thank you for... oh, oh. Juneteenth. Um, It's Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the dads. How many dads do we have in the room? Okay. I love you all. Appreciate you all. Some of you um, out there, you know, you're missing your dad. You know, some of you had an amazing dad. Some of you had, um, you know, human dads like my kids did. Well, I guess you all did. And um, so whatever your dad's story, welcome. Welcome. I wanna dedicate today to to my my dad, Carlos Garcia, Carlos G. Garcia, Carlos Garcia, Garcia. And then it just gets more interesting from there, okay? Um, My dad has now been gone 30 years this year. And um, I'm about the age my dad was when we lost him. And somebody has said there's something significant for a man about that. When you reach the age of the age your dad left this world. So I'm kind of there, it's all very interesting. And uh, my dad was um, far from perfect, but what an amazing guy. What an amazing guy from whom I learned uh, generosity. Uh, He was a hard worker, Uh, really never met a stranger. Um, And uh, I think he taught me this, he he taught me that um, you know, life is too short to get upset over little things. Um, that's, that's something my dad taught me. He, he, he would say to my mom, Angela, that's how he say Angela, Angela, it's only money. He'd say, so what a big deal. In other words, what's the big deal? I mean, he, he, to be translated. So all that to say now, from my heavenly father, I've had to learn other things that I didn't learn from my earthly, such as, some little, apparently little things are really big and I need to pay attention. So between my two dads, um, I'm really a, a blessed man today. Today I would like to encourage your heart and um, I want you to feel very seen today. I want you to feel very stirred. And I want you to feel undeterred in what God might have for you and your are calling, whether you're a dad or not, a mom or whoever you might be, wherever you might be. But this is a Father's Day message and I'd like to... Um, Hope that there's something in it for everybody, and so. And then a couple of things. At the end, we're going to do a drawing. We have, we have some little presents over here, some little prizes. See, I bring in my song and dance with me wherever I go. So, we're, we have we have just some little little things. Nothing, nothing much. Don't get your hopes up. Okay, don't get your hopes up. But um, some father or father figure is going to go away with a little something. That I think is kind of cool. I mean, two of them are just. Three of them are just kind of basic. There's three, is there four? Yeah, four little winners, and then I think a big winner. Let's move on to our scripture for the morning. <sighs> Watching that clock, okay. This scripture is found in 1 Samuel chapter 2, and beginning at verse 12, and I wonder, would you be willing to stand for the reading of God's word? If you're not comfortable, stay where you are, but I invite you, and I will just read through this, and then we will we will talk so this is uh this is a gnarly passage this is a father's day passage but it's the only only i would pick this okay so this one is uh starts this way eli's sons were scoundrels they had no regard for the lord now it was the practice of the priests that whenever any of the people offered a sacrifice the priest's servant would come in with a three-pronged fork in his hand while the meat was being boiled. And would plunge the fork into the pan or kettle or cauldron or pot. Whatever the fork brought up, the priest would take for himself. This is how they treated all the Israelites who came to Shiloh. But even before the fat was burned, The priest's servant would come and say to the person who was sacrificing, give the priest some meat to roast. He won't accept boiled meat from you, but only raw. The person said, let the fat be burned first. Because the fat is the Lord's, the scripture says. Let the fat be burned first and then take whatever you want. The servant would say, no, hand it over now. If you don't, I'll take it by force. This sin of the young man was very great in the Lord's sight, for they were treating the Lord's offering with contempt. But Samuel, who we will not talk about in this sermon, but just for a positivity, I leave him in here. But Samuel was ministering before the Lord, a boy wearing a linen ephod. Each year his mother made him a little robe and took it to him. And when she went up with her husband to offer the annual sacrifice, Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife saying, may the Lord give you children by this woman to take the place of the one she prayed for and gave to the Lord. And then they would go home. And the Lord was gracious to Hannah. She gave birth to three sons and two daughters. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. Now Eli, who was very old, heard about everything that his sons were doing to all Israel and how they slept with the women who served at the entrance to the tent of the meeting. So he said to them, why do you do such things? I hear from all the people about these wicked deeds of yours. No, my sons, the report I hear spreading among the Lord's people is not good. If one person sins against another, God may mediate for the offender. But if anyone sins against the Lord, who will intercede for them? His sons, however, did not listen to their father's rebuke, for it was the Lord's will to put them to death. And the boy Samuel continued to grow in stature and in favor with the Lord and with the people. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. God. Please be seated. Gosh, God's word is just so fascinating, isn't it interesting? I would like to share with you about how to be the dad you wish you'd had, if you happen to be a dad, or if you happen to one day be a dad, or if you happen to know a dad, or maybe if you had a dad, or if there's a dad in the room, or if you've ever heard of a dad, um, how to be that dad. Or, I just made this one up like, last night, subtitle, the four faces of fatherhood, four faces, not phases, faces of fatherhood, four guys, four guys you're going to see in the mirror when and if you become a dad. And those of you who are dads, I bet you've seen all four of these guys in the mirror. And um, the first one is sad dad. We can go ahead and show our picture of our sad dad, right? Oh, there's our sad dad. I don't have the same screen you do. Does that screen show me your slides or do I have to turn around every time? I'll turn around. Sad dad, he's hopping on pop. His kids have been hopping on pop and he's beat, okay. Uh, Sad dad could be um, disappointed about life, about his job. Maybe he's a happy dad, but his job sort of sucks, you know. But he's got to take care of these kids, got to feed them. Maybe worried. He kind of looks kind of worried. To me, um, you just don't know the meaning of worry until you become a parent, right? I mean, it's, ugh. Just because there's just nothing you've ever loved so much, you're worried, and you can't control everything. Um, sad dad might be broken hearted. In Eli's case, Eli, the sad dad, was broken hearted over what his. His sons were doing. Now, these sons are grown men. We, we learned that Eli at this point is very old. He's very old and he's losing his sight and he's becoming increasingly feeble. And he can't control these grown sons of his. Um, now, he needs to have stepped up and done his job. Because while he may not be able to, you know, you, you can't run your adult kid's lives. But in the case where they work for you, and you're the pastor of the church, and they're sleeping with women, and you know that's, that's, that's abuse. I mean, they are t- that's a very patriarchal culture. It's abuse today, but it was really abuse then. I mean, super abuse of power by people in positions of trust kind of stuff. We're not telling teenagers that they need to put their dishes in the dishwasher, do their homework. We're talking about grown men who need to know better, need to be better. The whole country knew about this and all Eli could do was plead and wring his hands and appeal to them. He couldn't use his authority. Just fire these guys. Instead, somewhat like a, a weak man, he would somewhat curl up into the fetal position and hope that everything just got better. Sad dad uh, has a mixed, all dads have a mixedness to us, okay? Chuck Swindoll said, you're only as happy as your most unhappy child. I just wish that wasn't so doggone true. But when you love someone, you love something, it's it's just hard to be happy if they're struggling. So what I wanna say to you about sad dad is just that when you see him in the mirror or when you sit across the table from him, have a heart. Show, if that's you in the mirror that you're looking at, show some self-compassion. This is hard. There's no owner's manual for this. We're really making it up as we go. We're really bolting the plane together in flight. And by the time you start realize how you might've to done it, it's too late. I'm like, I got my grown kids here. What did I do wrong? I don't know, I need to ask a therapist. I need to find out, you know, but it's too late to go back and get it right. And so it's so important to be attentive in the moment, to be engaged. But if you are sad, as a father, just know that Jesus was a man of sorrows. He was acquainted with grief. Uh, In the message, it says, he knew pain firsthand. So, I would like to ask you, if you would, just to take a moment with me and just pause. You know, I remember when I was a kid, we were getting into the car when mom, my poor mom, taking all of her six kids to church. We didn't go that often, and you can know why. It was just such a battle. Six kids, teenagers down to little Stevie, you know, like 10 years between the oldest and me, and we're all climbing in there. And um, I remember Angie Cabrera next door one time, she said, Pray for us. And I thought, That's an interesting thing. I mean, you know, I was a kid, I thought, We don't pray for anybody, we just endure. Try to get out without getting our wrists slapped, you know, or, you know, the stink eye. I'd like to ask you to think of somebody who might be a sad dad, and we're going to take 30 seconds or so and pray for him. It might be you. Let's just pause for a moment. Don't get excited. We're not closing, okay? If, you, if I lost you, we're not closing in prayer. Let's just pause and say a little prayer for a sad dad we know, okay? Just silence here, just your own prayer. Lord, hear our prayer for all the fathers who are brokenhearted and struggling in any way. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, Dad number one, the four faces. That's the first face. Second face, Mad Dad. Can we see Mad Dad? There he is. I didn't know about Homer. Is Homer in the Angry Dad thing? Is there an Angry Dad segment or episode? I'm looking at my kids. They usually know stuff. I mean, I, I, I actually I know this because I. YouTube didn't then all of a sudden I was caught in I wasn't working on my sermon I was watching this Simpsons movie and it was really good but Homer got angry <clears throat> We all know at least the the stereotype or the all too real occurrence of the raging angry dad sometimes some women but some men who are dads have huge anger issues not everybody but sometimes Elizabeth Broadbent has a website called scarymommy.com. Doesn't that sound interesting? Check it out. Scary Mommy, I just found it. I don't know about anything beyond this, or this article that she wrote called, it's called my, let's see, where did I write the name of this thing? My Father's Rage Still Impacts My Adult Relationships. That's what it's called. And it's a whole post, but here's a paragraph. She's reflecting and she says, I'd hear my full name screamed from downstairs, Elizabeth Ann, get down here. And I would know. I wouldn't know what I did, but I'd know that something had set my father off and I was about to bear the brunt of it. I hate my full name to this day because of it. I learned to hide when he came home. I learned to watch for signs, for his anger at something else. That anger meant that sooner or later, I would enrage him. It didn't matter how good I tried to be, he would find something. I'm sorry if I'm triggering you. I I need to be more sensitive about that. I should have warned you. Because some of you, that's not a paragraph. That's a memory. And I'm really, really sorry. It should not be that way. It's hard for you to call God father because of your memories like Elizabeth's. Elizabeth Ann's, and um, no es bueno, no bueno, it's not good. No es justo, no es recto, it's not right, it's not just, and I'm sorry. That's why I'm preaching on this. If you are an angry dad, it's time to get help, okay? It's time to get help. It's, it, it's time to call someone who knows you and loves you someone who you respect and who you can trust and who's wise, ideally someone who's godly, it's time to reach out for help and realize you've tried and tried and tried to get your arms around this anger issue, and you can't do it. And there's nothing wrong with realizing, hey, it's just beyond me. I need expert help. I need God's help. I need a therapist. I need a support group. I need help. And if somebody like that is in your life, you need to call somebody you trust, a grown-up, and get Support. Now, not everybody is an angry dad, fortunately, or, you know, an explosive angry dad. Um, I don't know what kind of a dad you might have grown up with, but Flannery O'Connor said, anyone who survived childhood has enough material to write for the rest of their life. So you probably have your stories. And Henry James said, a writer is someone on whom nothing is lost. So explore your story. Look for the trauma and let God cast his light on it and meet you in it and perhaps show you a path to healing. Now, what I find interesting about Eli is I don't think that his issue was explosive anger. It was kind of the opposite. Some some people might be super aggressive. Some people become passive when they're angry. They pull away. They shut down. You know, shutting down. They shut down. And I think that that was a little bit of Eli's way. He didn't step up. When Jesus entered the temple and saw people exchanging money and being opportunistic with the sacrifices and the sales of lambs and rams and pigeons and whatnot, (laughs) he was not blessed. And he said things, but he also did things, remember? I mean, he's overturning tables. There's a place for anger. And anger is really only... You know the uh, many times it's the appropriate reaction to injustice you see somebody being abused you get upset right you should if you can see somebody being abused and you can whistle and look the other way that's something's wrong but eli was able i mean jesus is getting upset at at money being exchanged eli's sons are sleeping with the women that come to worship and eli's like looking the other way, and just wringing his hands and pleading that they would please stop. He really needed to let his, his anger express itself in some appropriate action. He needed to do what Paul said, be angry, but do not sin. Be angry, don't explode, but don't disappear. Step up, engage, get involved, get your hands dirty, right? Well, let's just pause. And I ask you to close your eyes, if you would. And just think, maybe you've got some anger issues, but maybe you know somebody who does if it's not you. Would you just pray for God to touch and break through and provide healing and whatever the path might be to health and to love and to servant leadership? Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, hear our prayer. In the name of Jesus, amen. Third dad is a bad dad. We've got ourselves, we had a sad dad, we had a mad dad. This is a bad dad. Darth Vader, you don't kill your son. I mean, you don't whip out your lightsaber. You don't turn him over to the emperor. That's not cool. Huh? He had a good side in there. I mean, Luke saw it. Luke saw it, so never give up hope. You need a new hope. Don't give up hope. I want to tell you a story about a, a guy with a bad dad. His name is John Swanger, and he has been for many years. He was a, a pastor here in Denver, and he, was, he served a lot of people who had been formerly incarcerated, people who um, were in prison, and the reason he had such a compassion is he he went there himself as a as a young as a young person. His book is called Shackled: Confessions of a Teenage Bank Robber. Right? I mean, I'm I just started it. I mean, I know John, so I ha- but I hadn't read his book. You know what I love about it, among like a whole bunch of things, super short chapters. I mean, you're talking about like a page or two. This is like chicken ch- chicken soup for the soul, kind of chapter length, I mean this is great. But uh, he goes all the way back to how it all all began and I I, um, I reached out to John and um, asked him, and I'm not checking my phone, I wanna find his text, okay, sorry. And it's not like, oh no, excuse me, I'm preaching a sermon, but let me check my social media. That's not it, I wanna find John's um, <laughs> John's text. You gotta be here, John. Um, I said, John, what would you recommend that I that I do which section would you recommend that I read? And uh, he said, Well, here it is. Thank you. Technology. Because I'm preaching a sermon and I need you not to like disappear on me. I said, John, which section of the book might be ideal for me to like share with the, because the, I, I told him I'm going to share this Sunday with y'all here at Connections Church. And he said, Well, really, and this is his text, really, my whole life was. A search for a father figure I had a father and three stepfathers and not one was worth a hoot I searched for a mentor and father and found the best man I've ever met unfortunately that man was a bank robber if you don't laugh at the stuff you cry right okay but still I loved him as a father and then he writes john writes the more this is this is a good text imagine the book he says the moral of the story if you don't raise up your child in a godly way and with love he or she will find love elsewhere even in the thief and he says i dedicate the book to bill so shackled uh, confessions of a teenage bank robber um John's dad and three stepfathers, in his experience, were not worth a hoot. Bad dad, bad dad, bad dad, um, you know, uh, does damage. And uh, I'll I'll mention this. Uh, Gallup research says that it's better to have sometimes negative engagement from a boss than no engagement at all. In other words, the, the the bosses who relate to their teams and their staff and employees on the basis of positivity and, and strengths, catching their people doing something right, that's by far the most effective and best, not only for health and happiness, but for performance. So make note. Worse than that is negative attention, yelling at your, you know, your team members or being or being you know not seeing catching them doing good things only critiquing that negative engagement that's not good don't do that but you know what's even worse no engagement at all those folks who had absentee bosses who gave them no feedback at all performed more poorly were more unhappy and were more unhealthy at work than those who got negative input so so dads or dads-to-be. Remember what G.K. Chesterton said, anything worth doing is doing worth doing poorly. I mean, fail, but get in there. It's better to be in there swinging and missing than never to step up. But best of all, to do well. God help us all to do that. Not to be a bad dad. Eli wasn't all bad. We saw that he did a pretty nice job with Samuel. And that's how it is sometimes. Sometimes the second time is a charm or the third time. You do better with the next crew. Sometimes we're better with other people's kids than with our own kids. As like pastoral, youth pastor types, I know I was a youth pastor. And I could reach other kids. Other kids love me. My own kids, not always. I mean, you know, sometimes it's easier to serve strangers and impress them than it is to be it at home. Eli was a mixed bag like I am, like you are. He helped Samuel to hear God's voice and discern it. It was there, he could step up. And again, I wanna call you to self-compassion for all of these dads, because you'll see each one in the mirror. I wanna close with the final dad, who I call the rad dad. This dad is radical, and that is he shows a radical love. We don't see him exactly in this story. We see him in the story of the prodigal son. The the word prodigal originally meant excessive, over the top, extravagant. And so that son was excessive in his sin. His father was excessive in his love. His father was excessive in his grace. When his son came home, he didn't rub his nose in it. Open arms, he went running to, to embrace and kiss his wayward son. to welcome him home and if he knew nothing else he knew how to throw a party the way for you to become the dad you wish you'd had the father you yearn for is come home to the father and let him meet you with his grace let him show you his radical love how he sees you, he sees who you are, where you are, he loves you, he loves who you are, and the parts that are no bueno, he'll help you tra- uh, be transformed. He'll help you work through, however patiently. How, you know, I love where it says, As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who love him. So we're going to just take a moment and pray for, I guess we left out the, the Bad Dad prayer, but it's combined it all with a prayer for rad-dad-ness, okay? Because I need to move to our giveaway. So let's pause for just a few moments. And I'm just gonna pray this one here. Lord, you know our heavy-heartedness as as moms, as dads, as siblings, as nieces and nephews, uncles and aunts, grandparents. You know our sadness when things are not the way they should be. Lord, help us. Thank you that you have compassion on us. Thank you, Lord, that you know our weakness, you know how we flounder, but you can fill us, fill us up for the job. Lord, when we look in the mirror and we see disappointment in ourselves, Lord, meet us there. Give us your grace and transform us. But thank you most of all that you are the father that we've yearned for and through you and through relationship with you, we can become the human being that you call us to be and we can bring beauty for ashes and joy for sorrow into our families, into our workplaces, into our communities. And we pray this with gratitude for you in the name of Jesus, amen. Giveaway time, are you gonna help me Pastor?